Welcome to the Act 4 Podcast, your go-to post-movie podcast. It's a podcast about movies. My name's Peyton. We got Connor over here. Hey, how you doing? And we got Joe in the corner. What's up, everybody? And today, we are continuing our Summer of Star Wars series, and we're tackling the sixth installment, or the third of the original trilogy, Return of the Jedi. Honestly, it could have been the last one. Like, I love Revenge of the Sith, but this one could have literally been the last one, and I would have been happy. I agree. I think I think the story concludes very nicely, and there's no need for prequels or sequels beyond this movie. Um, we got what we got, so, you know, we can't really dwell on that too much. But I do th- mm-hmm. think that if you're looking at it as a trilogy, this is a good conclusion to the original Star Wars trilogy. Yes. Yeah, I agree. But if we didn't get prequels and sequels, then we couldn't make an entire summer of it. So that is true. So Here who we are. really only be, It would be a month of Star Wars, and that <laughs> that is no fun. That's not as fun. It's definitely not as fun. So yeah. So Return of the Jedi is when you're looking when you're watching this movie on Disney Plus or however you're watching it, um, you more than likely have the updated version, the version that was um, re-edited after the prequels came out. And this movie um, is the most altered of the original trilogy. This movie has mm-hmm. the most changes. Whereas, like, in uh, Empire Strikes Back, there weren't really a lot of changes. There was, there, there like was very minimal things. Yes. The uh, A New Hope, the, the original Star Wars, it was small changes. They were there. There was one scene that was taken out and replaced with the CGI Jabba. And then there were yes. like the CGI characters kind of added in, but Taking for the most part, place, but mo- it was for the a most part, scene would... that got put in. Yeah, yeah. So. for for the most part, it's intact as as we would have had it. You know, for yes. the most part, it's unchanged. And then mm-hmm. you've got Return of the Jedi, that has like actually some pretty big changes at the beginning of the movie and at the end of the movie. For the most part, the middle, yeah. I think it's all pretty pretty much the same. Not a lot of There's changes a couple. there. It, it, it's a couple, like, touching touching things up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but for the most part, yeah. It, it's the middle is pretty good. And then, you know, you got the, the front and back of it. That got, that got changed a lot. So let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the front of the movie. Let's talk about the beginning of the movie and how they changed what was originally there. You want to talk about that, Connor? Because you, you know a good bit about this more than, than Joe and I do, I think. So, cool. So... The first, the biggest thing that they really changed uh, was the Jabba's Palace little song number that they did. Uh, that's like the beginning of the movie. It's kind of in the middle, but it's re- more of the beginning of the movie. Uh, and it's the first thing that we see of CGI in this movie. And you're just like, okay, this is not necessary whatsoever. The song that was originally playing was fine. I think the new song is called Jedi, Jedi Rock. Um, so, which just sounds so wrong. (laughs) It really does. Um, it sounds like it should be in like a middle school play adaptation of star Wars. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like their big closing number. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You get these CGI characters. (laughs) You get these two CGI characters. You get the, I don't even know what to call them. You got the one with the, like the really long lips. Yeah, yeah, like, like elephant lips. Mouth. It's like the trunk, but it's got a mouth on the end. <laughs> yeah, and then and then she's singing, and I, then you have the other guy. This is 
I was just like uncomfortable guy. watching it. It's not the last time that this movie makes you uncomfy either. It it, it, really it makes you uncomfy a few times. I was just like, oh no, but, George, buddy, what are you doing? This is, just like, this is when George, George kind of lost it a little bit at this point. George I was, was just, just like, like, we have CGI. I can do whatever I want. You know what I want to do? Mm-hmm. A CGI dance number. That's Jedi what I want to do. Uh, but no. <laughs> You had the long lives. The other guy, I don't even know. I don't even know what he is, and I can't even describe him. But like, I don't even remember the other guy. <laughs> when, when he, he yells shall into not the, be named. When he, he yells into the camera, he's like, ah, and you see inside his mouth. I'm just like, oh come on, now I don't need to see that. <laughs> but it's it cracks me up every time I see it. Yeah, it's just it's a really awkward scene at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie, and like. It stands out as really weird because you've got these CGI characters dancing and doing all this craziness around all these really good practical effects. You've got yeah. all these aliens so, that are practically done really well. Puppets. The puppet for Jabba is awesome. Like these really great practical effects. And you've just got these trash renderings like done on the like it's the same kind of animation. It looks like Shark Tale animation because it is. It's done on the same, like, rendering kind of engines. Like, it's at the same time, you know? So, it's actually kind of before that when this was all made. Like, that, so, that CGI. So, it's like, it looks like you took the animation from Shark Tale and just plopped it in the middle of this practical scene with practical effects and, like, realistic-looking puppets and characters. All right. Good thing we got our Shark Tale reference out of the way nice and early Gotta in this get it episode. In every time. So, one thing <laughs> is whatever the long lips person is mm-hmm. um you can literally see the puppet that was used in in her in return of the jedi in the background like because <laughs> oh, she, she was just she was always it. there mm-hmm. yeah they just put it over it uh, uh it doesn't work it's sudden. it's awkward it really doesn't. it's it's uncomfy i don't like it but then you get to see all these really cool puppets and like you get like the really cool Java puppet, which if you've ever seen the documentary about Star Wars, I forget what it's called, but there's like this really good documentary. It's on Amazon Prime and some other places, and they kind of show how the puppet was done. There's like three or four people inside of that Java puppet because mm-hmm. there's like one person for like the eyes, a person for the tongue, a person for the mouth, a person for the tail, a person for the arms, like one for each arm or something. Like it's really intricate, like this massive puppet. And yeah, it like just looks like really cool. Just synchronizing all that movement and stuff like that was super mm-hmm. impressive for the time. Yeah, and then like mm-hmm. the the rancor down inside the pit under the yeah. palace, like he like super cool puppet, you know. And then you got the CGI characters, and I I don't love it. I really liked all of the kind of the the cool puppets and practical effects throughout this movie. Look really good. I guess we just got to be thankful that Lucas didn't just replace everybody with CGI mm-hmm. and at least left that is true. the majority of it. So it could yeah. be worse. It could be worse. It could be worse. So so it how do you guys want to do worse. this? Do you want to just kind of start going through the story a little bit now that we've kind of like addressed that there at the beginning? Because, um, I mean, that that's kind of how the movie starts. You get a little bit before I that mean, with, with Vader. We, we get a little bit before that. We get a little Vader scene. Uh, I think we get another scene. We get the scene of R two D two and C three PO showing up. Yeah, and then it's everybody the Vader, getting the into the palace. Yeah, yeah, the Vader scene's like like the like beginning beginning the of the movie start. though, and it's like a really 
I enjoy that scene because it's kind of like the off-screen introduction of the Emperor. Mm-hmm. And like the last yeah. line of that scene is the Emperor's not as forgiving as I am. And it kind of sets up mm-hmm. that there's as daunting as Vader is, there's somebody that's supposedly like even eviler. Yeah. Yeah. That was something I, mean, I we, hadn't realized. We get introduced to the Emperor in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, but we haven't seen him. And, and that was we something do. that not we haven't well, seen you him, see him like, like in the kind of the hologram. Like it's kind of yes. like a vague introduction. But I didn't I'm realize this is, that the only this movie is the he was moment that you realize like he's Return gonna be Jedi. in this he, this is mm-hmm. the moment yes. you realize he's gonna be in this movie and he's a main component yeah. of this movie. Yeah. Okay, yes. He's yes. no longer behind the scenes, he's moving to the forefront. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we kind of get which, that introduction at the beginning. Which and is yes. something that the Emperor does in the third movie of every single trilogy. <laughs> Correct. What do you mean, Chief? He he comes out of the background into the foreground as a villain. Ah, in yes. every single third movie. <laughs> and in every in each part of the trilogy. I didn't think about that. Wow. But that is true. That's the advantage but, of yeah. watching <laughs> of going crazy and watching these movies on a rampage. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. We're going through all of them. It's a lot of Star Wars. It is. But so so then you've fun. got everybody infiltrating the palace. And at first you don't really know that that's happening unless you've seen it before obviously. But like you've got the droids coming in, delivering the message from Luke, and then they and stay there. C-3PO doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, Only C-3PO's clueless. Know what's going on. And then you see that Lando is already there, and then you see Chewie is brought in by this bounty hunter, who you later find out is Leia going to find yeah. Han. And then Luke shows up, and you're like, "Oh, cool! The gang's all here." You know? Yeah, and that's like... that's where we kind of start wait. the movie off. Tia, can we talk about Luke getting in there? <laughs> sure. He, he legitimately just force choked two two guards and was like, "Yeah, you dead, you dead." He he did uh, a little startling, but also I think you could say that's because he hasn't really finished his training yet. Yes, um, you know, so False. he doesn't he he hasn't really learned what he is and isn't allowed to do. Um, <laughs> he doesn't know the code. He doesn't know the yeah. code. That's what he, he doesn't know the rules. He's just like, I can do this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. he kills he kills the guards on his way in. <laughs> it is a good little snippet guard. into his increased power that we mm-hmm. have with him in this episode but i just that is true. i really enjoy how like the entire cast of characters like the way they infiltrate is like in like waves almost mm-hmm. just like little and, and you and don't really realize it's an infiltration until later you know yeah. they kind of mm-hmm. set it up so you're just like okay there's just kind of these stories all happening here at the huts but i, I don't really understand what's going on yet and then they kind of make the reveal that it's like, oh, Lando's there undercover. Oh, that's Leia. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's there to break him out, you know? So mm-hmm. it's kind of a very, like, complicated plan, but not the most complicated plan. We'll talk about that when we talk about The Phantom Menace. There's a pretty <laughs> so, complicated plan in that movie. But anyways. <laughs> one thing I've always, I've always not understood was... Han's reaction to Lando being there. Uh, like, Han should be furious at Lando. Because he's like, basically, he goes, stick with Chewie and Lando. And Han is like, okay, I'll stick with Lando. And, like, he doesn't even, like, think that the last time he saw Lando, he was betraying Han. Yeah, that is true. He didn't get to see, then, like, the kind of little bit of redemption arc there at the end of Empire. But then I, I, I watched it again, 
and I figured out that Chewie probably told Han everything. Oh, while they were down, down low. While they were down in, the, mm-hmm. down in prison. And so I was like, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, I'll, I'll, because... I'll give the movie that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a valid theory. I think, that, valid I think you theory. can write that off and be like, okay, sure. That could have happened. Yeah. But. And then, okay, I, like so then we got to talk about, I, I think we need to talk about um, one of the more iconic parts of this movie. Unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at it. Um, after Leia comes to get Han, you know, breaks ah. that man out, she's captured, and and we get yes. we get Slave Leia, which in, in my notes Leia. I wrote, Slave Leia makes me uncomfy, because <laughs> I I don't know if you've got to have that in this movie. Like for me, it doesn't make sense why Jabba would do that. Like why not just put her in your prison with everybody else? You know, it. Ah. It could just be because he's a really gross person, which is what I think it is, you know? But it's I like, would, I would it just feels that. from a movie yeah. and storytelling standpoint, I don't know why George Lucas wanted to do that, you know? So, it's because Jabba just killed his other chained up slave chick. That is true. He, he's in need of a new slave. Yes. Yeah, but she, she accidentally got thrown down there. <laughs> Wow. Yes. Skywalkers and slavery, they just kind of <laughs> go together. A little <laughs> foreshadowing to next week. <laughs> no, but like, it's just, I don't know. It's it's iconic in the fact that it's like, a lot of people when they think of, at least whenever I think of this movie, I think of green lightsaber. I think of Ewoks. I think there's the whole Slave Leia thing. You know, those are kind of the big things. Like, those are also on the poster. You know, so I think that's kind of why I associate those with this movie. Because on the poster for this movie, you've got the green lightsaber and the, you know, Leia in the bikini. And the one on IMDb like, has Luke with a blue lightsaber. Does it? There's one yeah. that I saw mm-hmm. that has, or, or one that I'm thinking of. I know there was one that had a green lightsaber. It would make um, sense that Luke would have a blue lightsaber in the poster, though, because that's something, that's the last lightsaber he had. I'm and looking like, it this up. is yes, before they promote it, and like the green lightsaber is like kind of like a reveal in this movie. Right? I guess you're right. I think I'm combining time. two of them together. The one that has um, Leia in the in the metal bikini has the blue lightsaber, but then the re-release one that was like around all the time when I was like a kid has the green lightsaber. So that would I, make I think sense. I was combined. I was combining those two posters together in my head. Yeah. But still, like those are part of the marketing for the movie. Either way, so those are the things I think about. You know. Yeah, and we were so, kind of talking about it earlier, like before we started recording. Like I was going, I was looking at the IMDb page, and one of the plot keywords, like one of the top five plot keywords, is "woman in a bikini." <laughs> like that's one of the top five things that people associate with this movie, and it's just like, all right, everybody. <laughs> That's if that's yeah. what you remember, but now that we're kind of talking about it, let's let's talk about uh the green lightsaber because this is the first oh. time we see a lightsaber that's not blue, which Wooden. is that's not cool, true. right? That's not the, blue or red, or red. There okay, sorry, sorry. There you go for for the Jedi for the good guys. Yes, I mean we really only see three colored lightsabers for for the Jedi's in movies. Four, if you want to count the very very end, but. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, you got you got your you got your blue and you got your green, and that's about it. But but up until this point, it was just blue. That that was what I was trying to say. It was it was like green would have been a crazy reveal for people. They're like, whoa, they can be green too. You know? Yeah, that's why I was saying on like the original poster for like marketing. Yeah, the original one was blue. Put that. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, yeah. Unless it was to build hype, you know, you never know. Well, I mean, at the same time, Luke lost his lightsaber in the in the previous. Mm-hmm. In the previous, yeah, but movie. like it's so, like, Luke Skywalker. The fact he's that a Jedi now, of there. course, he's gonna get another one. That's yeah. true. That's true. And because lightsabers have become like this big deal in Star Wars, so they they got to do something cool with the lightsaber. So that's true. One thing that I kind of wish was in this movie was that we actually see him build the lightsaber. That would have been so a cool a little plot scene. line there. That's you a know? deleted scene. Yeah, really? they definitely they definitely could have done mm-hmm. that and then still had the reveal of him igniting it for the first time. Mm-hmm. later in the movie so yeah in the beginning the beginning of the movie before r2d2 and c3po get sent out you see like you're in a cave and, and luke is just like messing with it with like a little space screwdriver uh and then he like r2d2's right there so it kind of gives like that that force it would have foreshadowed that r2d2 had the lightsaber and it would have been like made a little bit more sense why they were giving, they gave, or Luke gave the droids to Jabba as a gift to, like, get them onto mm-hmm. the ship. But still, it's still an epic reveal that he has a new lightsaber, he ignites it, and he just starts going ham. He, yeah. He's going so ham that he misses half the people, and they still fly off the <laughs> ships. <laughs> the, the choreography in the, the Sarlacc pit um, scene is kind of it's cool but it's not perfect and you, you it really shows that they oh. were trying their best <laughs> the <But>. absolute worst <laughs> one is when Boba Fett gets launched into the Sarlacc pit straight up Luke is like a good two feet away from his target and he's kicking him and the guy's just like I got kicked and it's so funny when if you watch it again when Boba Fett gets hit by the pole and Han and then Boba Fett goes flying across the screen, and it cuts a new scene where he just keeps flying and then hits the ship and falls down. There's there's a scene where Luke is kicking and straight up just misses by a, a good margin, <laughs> and the guy still, like, flies back, which could be a force kick, you know? I guess, know. I guess that's how you can, like... I, I think that's kind of a cop-out for a lot of this. It's like, oh, if the punches don't connect, it was the force. It's okay. It was the force. It's I fine. think you can say that when you've got this invisible force that moves things, it, it doesn't really matter at that point. <laughs> yes. The force can be pretty much a cop-out for anything in Star Wars that you want it to be. Mm-hmm. <coughs> cough, cough, uh, Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> mm-hmm. cough, whoa, cough. whoa, whoa, slow down, buddy. Are, yes, wait, are you going to tell me, are you gonna tell me that that's we, not a cop-out? <laughs> I'm saying we got a couple weeks. I know we got we yeah, got time. Yeah, I'm yeah. just for, foreshadowing, foreshadowing, bro. On the brakes. But but another thing yes. that was touched up is the Sarlacc pit. The really? Sarlacc pit. Yes, like that mouth. It looks so bad compared to the practical. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's the, it's the mouth, CGI the mouth now. Was touched up. Yes, the mouth was touched up. I don't know what the original ever looked like because I never saw it. But mm-hmm. I could. This new you. one could not tell you. But this new shame. one got touched up a little bit. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else that happens that gets touched up in 
this scene. I think one more thing got touched up. Or at least Free did. I don't know. And I'm not going to think about it. But so then the other continue. cool part of this scene uh, is kind of hearkening back to our, our, our bikini-clad heroine. She is uh, She chokes out Jabba. She, yes. she and her, her bikini with, with her, her chains. With her chain. She, that, that. she murders Jabba, which is awesome. You know, it's like, okay, that's really cool. You know, like this is kind of like one of our first like real, like, I want to say it's kind of the first real action sequence with her in a way. Like she gets action in the second movie, but this movie has a lot more of her like really doing stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, especially like this scene. It's like she's killing the biggest gangster in the galaxy, you know, or one of the biggest gangsters in the galaxy. Um, especially cause like in Phantom Menace, um, they talk about the huts a lot and like their reputation is known everywhere. So like, yeah, it's established that they, they run Tatooine. Yeah. So like, and and they run other planets too, but Tatooine's kind of their home base. It's like, he's a big deal. And she just kills him, you know? Like that's a pretty that's a pretty baller move, Leia. Like it is. <laughs> anyways, thought that's a cool thing that happens during that scene that I think is kind of overlooked sometimes. And then we get the introduction to the Emperor. Yes. So, so after that, that's when we get the Emperor. So one thing that I didn't notice was his cane, dude. If you take a look at his cane, his cane is dope. And I the didn't only even reason, know he had a cane. Yes, I'm not he has a lie. cane, and he he walks with a cane. And the only reason I know he has a cane is because I went to I went to Disney, and it was on <laughs> display, and I was like, "This is the dopest thing I've ever seen." The cane looks amazing. I did not know he had a cane. I'm not yes. gonna lie. Yes, he I've comes never walking out of the that. shuttle with a cane. There's a couple other scenes where he has a cane. I'm looking it but up the, now. Like, <laughs> all right, it's pretty uh, cool. He's not gonna think. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I should look it up while we're here. Yes. But one thing that's really cool in that scene is, um, sorry, I'm typing. (laughs) Star Wars King. Yeah. Okay. One of the cool things. So when the emperor is coming out of his ship, you see this large, it's a very large room filled with these stormtroopers, hundreds Mm -hmm. of stormtroopers. Do you guys know how they filmed that? Like, have y'all seen the behind the scenes for that? No. Because it's I really haven't. cool. And it's how they did most of the stuff in the original trilogy. And I thought this would be a cool point to just mention it. It's all hand-painted. They hand-painted that whole scene. Hand-painted every stormtrooper there. And then they filmed from, like, the same angle. They filmed on a blue screen the Emperor walking down. And then basically blue screened in the painting and the walking. So there's moving parts in the front. And the huge army of stormtroopers is all painted in. And that's how they that. did for a lot of the big scenes and for a lot of their backgrounds and stuff. It was huge, massive, intricate paintings. And it's, like, super you, cool. That's that really cool. You can cool. see that, that before Han goes off onto the shuttle when he's given, like, Lando permission to, for the Millennium Falcon to go. Like, you can see the Millennium Falcon is painted. Mm-hmm. It's painted a, a, lot of those, a lot of those things that they just didn't have the budget to build or it wouldn't be worth their time to build they paid artists a good sum that they're big artists and they just painted them super intricate mm-hmm. paintings and i thought that that was super cool when i found that out and it's like it just makes the film seem a lot bigger than it actually is you know and using practice mm-hmm. it's a practical effect too the painting you know 
it it doesn't look bad because it's painted well you know it doesn't look like poorly rendered cgi you know like you see kind of in attack of the clones especially you know you can you can see it it's just like you definitely can tell that it's blue screened or at least i could you can tell that there's an effect there but it's the same thing as when you see the tie fighter is flying through space it's the same thing that's blue screen you know yeah but it's done very well and because it's all done on film and done by hand Mm-hmm. It there's a lot of work and labor that goes into these movies, and I think that that shows like their effort, like it was worth it. You know, they put a lot of heart into the effects in these movies, and it was totally revolutionary, the stuff that they did, um, mm-hmm. which is like super cool. But then we get uh, kind of Them the going down exposition about the, the new movie. Death Star. Yes, and then they go to Indoor. And yes. Now, now we get to like, I think what I think of, cause I kind of said, you know, you think of the green, the green lightsaber, think of Leia e, and then the Ewoks is kind of the other part of return of the Jedi that people think of and indoor, you know, and these giant trees and this huge forest is what a lot of people think of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you go to this movie really takes place in like two planets Tatooine and then technically a moon and and Dagobah for a minute yeah and Dagobah for a minute we didn't even talk about Dagobah bro I was about to say like you can talk about it not straight from a little bit happens there Endor and I was like Dagobah is in here for for a hot minute (laughs) well Dagobah is there but it's I guess it it, it's integral the plot a bit It, it provides closure to um, Luke's kind of arc as a Jedi a little bit, but the big thing is that it confirms a that Darth Vader is Luke's father, because a lot of people, when they watched yes. Empire, they thought he was lying. Yes. You know why would why would the bad guy tell the truth? So first, it confirms for everybody that that's the truth. Yes. Is the yeah. Yeah. It could be to, seen that Vader was using like, it as like hey, manipulation tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, it does the whole get... Leia thing. There yeah. is another Skywalker, mm-hmm. which I love. Uh, you know, him dying, him being like, there's another Skywalker, yada, yada, yada. And then just like, hey, I'm dead. Bye. And, uh, and peace is out. And then Obi-Wan goes and confirms that Leia, the sister, twin sister to Luke, mm-hmm. is a Skywalker. Which, which makes the kiss that they shared... The last movie a little bit more awkward i was gonna bring that up in like <laughs> two different scenes it, it's the scene where luke tells leia and he's she's like i've known i've always known and i'm like eh, have you have you <laughs> did you always know because if you've always yeah. known that makes it even weirder <laughs> and then the other one is when when han han gets when mad han finds out when han find no when han finds out because he's like leia goes Han, he's my brother, and he has this look of the face, and he, he like turns to the side, and I only could think about him going straight back to the scene where they where they kiss and goes, y'all kissed. <laughs> like that's all I. He can looks think very about. confused. He looks super confused. <laughs> you see the wheels turning in his head as he's trying to put the pieces together, but they just don't fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we do have Dagobah. Is there anything else on Dagobah that you want to hit while while we're there? <laughs> from a certain point of view 
gotta love it using the uh using the own from my point of view the jedi are evil tricks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so stupid i mean he's right that anakin died and darth vader was born from a certain point of view but i mean it's just as stupid as i think i think that that is something that they hold consistent throughout though like when in the sequels you've got ben solo dies and becomes kylo ren that's kind of part of they they disown their old life and their old old identity to become their new sith you know whoever they are in their new so like that's kind of part of it is that you have to your old self has to die so you can become your new self you know and that's kind of the thing that they do in those movies so i didn't have a huge problem with that but then we get indoor which is we get the the forest moon of indoor yes which is like super cool uh a lot of cool stuff happens here um but one of the first things we get is the speeder bike chase a few of them which is like so good um probably my favorite part of this whole movie where the speeder bike chase speeder bike chase yes that and i I really like like there's other stuff i like but the speeder bike chase if you've seen have you guys seen how they did these like this is more like background information how they made the movie because i think that's super cool I haven't seen they like a documentary about it, but I've I've read a lot about it, how they filmed it. They and just everything. they just have a steady cam, and they mm-hmm. walk through the forest for a really long time, and then they speed it up, yep. and then they blue screen it over the actors on the speeder bikes with wind blowing and stuff. But the amount of like coordination and planning that you have to have to sync the two up as perfectly as they did is so good. Like the weaving in and out of trees and like. All that kind of craziness, like it's so good, and the getting, the way getting they pulled the timing, it off is so getting good. the timing set up and everything for when mm-hmm. a, for when one of them like hits a tree or something like that, like getting that type of coordination is really well done. Yeah, yeah. it's just it it really makes me like whenever I learn that kind of stuff, it makes me really appreciate these movies so much more. It's like yes, they're old, and you can tell that they're old and they're dated, and they're not as good as they would be if they were made today. You know, from a visual standpoint, but you've got to like respect what they were able to do with their technology and that they pushed technology to the limits. Like in, in the episode of the, the Disney gallery Mandalorian, they were talking about George Lucas develops like 21 patents. What was it? Was it, it was something it was like 21. That. Yeah. Yeah. 21 That's... patents for new technology to make his movies. It wasn't just star Wars. You know, he had the other movies and stuff, but like he just like, yeah, just kept the... innovating and innovating and innovating. And that's like, Regardless of how, like, and we'll kind of, we're definitely going to talk about it when we talk about Phantom Menace, about how I don't like George Lucas as a director and a writer, but as a storyteller, as an idea man, and as an innovator, like, there's no one else that stands up to him, you know? Like, he yeah, just, he, he it's is so impressive, the universe that he had in his head, and then he just made a company and started developing technology with ILM to just Mm -hmm. bring his ideas to life and really changed movies as we know them you know yeah ilm is the reason why movies look like they look like today yeah if it wasn't for george lucas i don't know what stuff would look you know we wouldn't i wouldn't know what movies would be like today they'd be good but i don't think we'd be as far along as we are now if it wasn't for george lucas and ilm yeah and they're just still such a big player in the special effects game right now and in cgi and all that type of stuff i mean to this if you're listening to this and you don't know what ilm is it's george lucas's vfx studio 
that does VFX. And they did VFX for Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park. And now they, they still do movies to this day that yeah, are outside. Yeah, all kinds that. of stuff. Thank you. So, oh, did you not know what ILM was? No it's idea. Industrial Lights and Magic. Um, all right. It's, it's, a, it's the most renowned VFX studio in the world, probably. It's, yeah, it's up it, there. I, I think you I could would say, say it is. I'd say it for sure as the most name recognition. Yeah. Yep. It, it's a big deal. Right, Anyways, so that was that was a little bit it. of a tangent, but hey, that's fine. Indoor, uh, speeder bikes are cool. Planet moon of the planet, the forest moon of Indoor. Yes, that's what it's called. That's the full title. It's a long so, title. So yeah, you get speeder bike chases, you got Ewoks. Let's, you got Ewoks. Let's, we, we should probably talk about Ewoks for a few minutes. Wicked. Wicked, Warwick. Wicked M. Warwick. That's his full name. Well, because he was played by Warwick, right? Warwick. The, the actor's name yeah. is Warwick. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Warwick Davis hey, he, in yes. all... He appears in... All nine. Yeah. He is. He's well, in all, all of them, actually. He was in both of the anthologies, too. Mm-hmm. He was in Solo? Yes. Yeah. He's one of the, um, the Marauders. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, I knew he was in all of the the nine numbered ones. I didn't know he was in the anthology films. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His role is his like role in like his filmography being connected to star Wars is super cool. If, if you don't know who that is, he, he plays the, the main Ewok in um, return of the Jedi. He kind of plays yeah. the, the main guy. You, you say the main Ewok Leia. I cannot tell the difference once, once all the wicked, wick, uh, all the Ewoks get up there. What they like, all look I, so I different? Lose, Are you telling me uh, they all they, lose, they all look so different? But I just lose track of which ones. Wicked. Yeah, I mean you kind of lose track. But they all—that's one thing that I kind of forgot was they did a lot of work. Regardless if you like the Ewoks or you like how they look or whatever, they there was a lot of work on the costuming for these Ewoks because they all look incredibly unique for being the same thing. You know, like they're all yes. very different variations of yeah, they the had, Ewok, they, which is really cool. They had to put a lot of attention to detail to it because if you're going to make this, like, type of character such an integral part to the plot line, like, they have to look mm-hmm. good. Because <laughs> mm. if not, it's just yeah. going to distract from their overall role in making this movie work. So one thing I don't like about the Ewoks is the eyes, bro. The eyes just creep me out. And I've <laughs> yeah, never noticed well, it Well, they're before, like glass marble eyes, aren't they? Yeah. So, so they that I think part of why they probably creep you out is that like, they look dead. You know, their yeah, eyes I mean, are yeah. how we how we perceive life in things. You know, and so a lot of like CGI and good animation is getting the eyes right, and so like these are practical and they've got like these glass eyes, so they don't look alive, which mm-hmm. would definitely make them creepy, and it does make them a little creepy. I think they're yeah. cute. <laughs> of course you do. Joel. I mean, they are cute <laughs> when they're far away. Once I can see their <laughs> eyes, then I'm like, get out of Connor's here. Connor's like, they're really cute when I don't have to look at them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then, you know, we get our we get our main heroes getting trapped because Chewbacca was stupid and decided he <laughs> wanted to pick up some pick up some deer, it looked like. And then uh they get in this net and R2 D2's like, Yeah, I got this. I don't need no lightsaber. Just gets a buzzsaw. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely great. R2-D2 is the ultimate multi-tool. 
of the Star Wars he, universe. He is <laughs> the Swiss Army knife of the. I was Star about to Wars say, universe. I was like, he's a rolling pocket knife. <laughs> yeah, he has everything. You, you need to open a door, you get him. <laughs> this you droid has some rope, everything. You get him. You need to bro, electrocute someone, he's got it. <laughs> he can fly, bro. Like, he can do it all. Well, just not in these movies. He can fly later. <laughs> and... We just need that. It's like like a used car salesman pitch of R2-D2. He can do you it can all. fit so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know where I was going with it. <laughs> you can but fit yeah, so he... many pleas for help in this droid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so many messages that are for obi-wan kenobi's eyes only yes unlimited storage i mean his unlimited mind power never <laughs> <laughs> i had to i had to i'm sorry hey hey on the brakes on the brakes uh, we'll get that later we'll get that later but then they think c3po is a deity is what he refers mm-hmm. himself as. He goes, it's not in my programming to impersonate a deity. Which is such a dumb thing to have in his programming. Why is that in his programming? Like, C-3PO's that's such an oddly specific thing in his programming. to be in his programming. <laughs> it's just on, like Anakin. a random plot device that they have. It's just like whenever they need something to like happen or not happen, it's just like, is it in his programming or is it not? Like, <laughs> like just it kind of makes just... sense in okay. Rise of Skywalker. But yeah. in this one, it's just like... Yeah, why is that in your programming? That it's such like, a stupid thing to be in your program. Like what? <laughs> I know this is jumping, <laughs> jumping ahead a little bit to into next week's episode, but like, come on, Anakin, bro, what are you sitting there doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're he's doing like absolutely nothing. You're like, cannot have him impersonating a deity. Or... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> Sith, Sith language can't be reading that. Yeah, <laughs> like what? I don't this know, man's like man. sitting there, like writing code of of C three PO, and he's just like. He's just like, I'm thinking of literally everything, but stuff that might be integral, uh, like, a couple decades from now, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, to be fair, he expected this droid to just be with him and his mom forever, right? It was supposed to help them. So, but but I don't know why that would cross his mind. It's like, no, you're helping my mom. You cannot (laughs) pretend to be a god. That is not allowed. (laughs) You are here for help only. I want to see that alternate timeline of C-3PO having the ability to be a DAD and then just rising up (laughs) to take over the Skywalker household. No, no, no. He can't impersonate a DAD. He can't pretend to be a god, so he walks around like he owns the place. (laughs) But so, yeah, Qui-Gon walks in 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 episode one. He's just like, your son allowed us... Um, invited us into our into your home, and then C three PO is just like, whoa, whoa, whoa! It's my home. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so yeah, so we get Ewoks. They think C three PO is a god because he's made of gold, and so they're going to sacrifice all of his friends that they found him with <laughs> to him. They're gonna sacrifice them because um, because you know that makes sense. Yo, Ewoks uh, are too, they're too big brain for us. <laughs> They're thinking, they're thinking they, way ahead. They got the <laughs> they, biggest they brains in their little tiny packages. It's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then then Luke tells uh, tells C-3PO to say that he's going to use his dark magic on them or something if, it's, if they it's, don't. Or just his magic. He's going to use if his you magic. Don't, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to get angry and I'll use my magic on you. They don't believe him. <laughs> they call his bluff. 
And they so really then, did call his bluff. Then, then Luke makes them fly, and they all freak out. They're, like, <laughs> very concerned for their lives at that point, and they let everyone go. And it's like, okay, yay, now they're all friends. And then you have, personally, my favorite part of this movie is C-3PO re- recapping their entire journeys already to the Ewoks. Yes. <laughs> in, in, in Ewokese, which is their language, mm-hmm. um, and... The story goes very fast. Like, he says one sentence, and then he jumps, like, a whole movie ahead in the next sentence. Like, he, goes, he, he goes. flies through the story. He goes, <laughs> like, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Cloud City. Yeah, like, he just, he, he's flying through the story. It's a very efficient language, Ewokies is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, one, one syllable is, is, like, ten paragraphs. <laughs> it's like, it's like the language... Uh, Lilo and Stitch, like Stitch's language, it's very, very efficient. Like he just says, yes. yeah, and it like means so much, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, ju- he's just talking like Kevin from The Office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why say lot word when few word do trick? Exactly. Um, and, uh, then, and then, then uh, we get the Luke Leia tells Luke. Leia. Yeah. I've so known, that's, that's I've a always thing. known. Yeah, so that happens. He goes... He, he goes off to go confront Vader, which was the last step into becoming a Jedi. Mm-hmm. You have to go confront Vader. Uh, and Why then, is that his last step in becoming a Jedi? That's his trials. If you know anything about how the Jedi Order works, you know, they had them, them Jedi Knights, after being with their masters for, for however long they had to be, they had to go through the trials. Darth Vader, that's his trial right there. Guarantee it. Uh-huh. So he fair, goes to find Fair Vader. enough. Yeah, yeah he, that works for me. Good enough explanation. I'm I'm cool mm-hmm. with that. Taking taking some prequel stuff. Yeah. Throwing in the main. And then um Oh, and then they go to like try to break in and destroy the shield, protecting but uh but it's a trap. It's a trap. Well, except one thing here that was just so silly was Han runs and taps the, the stormtrooper on the shoulder and then runs around the corner and the stormtrooper chases him and, like, all the rebels are sitting there with their guns, you know? Yeah. Like, that was just such a stupid scene. <laughs> no, no. I, I, have, I, have, I have the explanation for that scene, too. Uh, okay. So Please they, explain that to me. He couldn't shoot the guy. Like, he couldn't just be like, all right, I'm going to shoot you, bam, because then he'd have a hole in, in his helmet because we see as they're entering that one of the rebels is putting on the the um stormtrooper out like armor so if he had shot him there would have been a hole in it and they wouldn't be able to use it yeah okay why not just surround him and make him give up what what's the point of making him run five feet around the corner that's my problem with the scene (laughs) it's not the fact that they didn't shoot him it's that they make him attempt at funny joke that's why (laughs) they just tap him on the shoulder for no reason Oh no! It's 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 a it's a it's a, uh, it's a callback to an episode four when Han Solo runs around the corner oh. and sees all the stormtroopers. Oh, it's the storm- I'm sure that's what it rebels. is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah but then exactly then it's it all is. it's it's revealed the the classic line by Admiral Akbar. Well, no, no, no. It, it was a, a trap. trap. It's a trap. Well, it's a trap down low, and then it's a trap up high. It is. <laughs> because how are they jamming our comms if they don't know we're here? Mm-hmm. And then they realize it's a trap. It's a trap. What a legend. What a legend. And then they're getting surrounded, but it's the Ewoks, my man. The Ewoks are like, 
time to fight. You know, these guys have armor on, don't care. We're going to use bow and arrows. We're going to use rocks. <laughs> We're going to use sticks. We're going to come up behind them and just start beating them on their legs, and they're going to fall down and die. It gave me, like, big James Cameron are. Avatar energy. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what I thought It is of a really shit. iconic battle, though, the Battle of yeah, Endor. Yeah, it sure is. is. It is. You got, the, you got the two logs going and smashing mm-hmm. the, the ATST. Yep. So, bro. And then on the flip side, you've got Luke encountering the Emperor for the first yes. time. And and the Emperor says a, a very uh, telling line about the entire Skywalker saga. And it means a lot now. Um, and I wrote that in my notes. That he says, everything that has happened is according to my design. You know? And that's kind of like the thread that ties all of these movies together is that everything that happens in these movies is according to the Emperor's design. Okay, um, yeah. So that's kind I'll of that. said here, and then that holds true through the prequels, even though his his design is incredibly absurd and makes no sense. It does happen <laughs> according to his design. And then in the sequels, for some reason, it's done according to his design. For, for no reason. But anyways. Maybe that, we should have paid here. more attention to that line in episode six, yeah. and we should have seen him coming back in episode nine all along. We, we should have. My theory after Force Awakens was always that Rey was a Palpatine. I didn't think Palpatine uh, was alive, but I always thought Rey was a Palpatine. And then after The Last Jedi, I was like, oh, okay, so she's a nobody. That's cool. And then they come back with it, and I'm just like, okay, cool. We'll talk about See, that later. Mine, Anyways. mine was that she was a Kenobi. I thought she was going to be a Kenobi. No, nah, Obi-Wan was too good to to break his little break. You the didn't Jedi watch the Clone Wars then? Nope, I didn't. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what happens next? I'm looking through my notes. I'm oh, thinking here. Yeah, there's there's the whole... We got to talk about Vader and Luke to kind of wrap this up. We got to end on uh, Vader and Luke fighting and the Emperor and that, that whole kind of bit there yes. at the end. Yes, you know, Luke goes, grabs a lightsaber, and goes to strike down the Emperor, which apparently would in, in take all of the Sith and put him into Luke, I guess, if that's how we which, look at it. Which is something that they say again later in Episode Nine, yes. with Rey. Yeah. So apparently yes. that's a thing with the Sith. I no. don't know how they don't, that works. They but. do not say that. They do not say that. I'm taking that from Episode Nine. And putting it into the context of F six. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's doing the exact same thing. He's doing. Yes, it's the same. Down, strike, strike me, me down. down. Yeah. Yes. And then Vader gets into a fight, and they start going, and then he kicks him off the stairs, and and Vader does this like sick like double flip in like slow motion. <laughs> so cool. Uh, but you know, gets gets because, down onto the the bottom of the stairs. Because Vader has a great track record with flip moves. <laughs> Yes, he does. Yes, he does. I'm about to I'm about to make another joke right here because you know, he deactivates his lifesaver and Darth Vader's like Obi Wan has taught you well because Luke's at the top of the stairs, Vader's at the bottom of the stairs, <laughs> the high ground. In episode one, know. though, it didn't. It, we see that the high ground doesn't matter. We'll talk about that next week. But just for Obi Wan definitely didn't have the high ground and he still won. So I don't. Hey, I don't know, man. Just for Obi Wan. <laughs> Obi Wan's the exception. Not the rule. <laughs> but, yeah, so Vader and Luke fight, and then yeah. Luke strikes down Vader, cuts off his hand, sees that his hand is robotic, and then he looks at his mm. own robotic hand, and he's like, oh, wow, maybe we're similar than I thought, which is a hand for like a hand. stupid thing to think. You know, like, that was stupid. It's whatever. 
Like, I don't know why that's the connection you're making. I don't, I don't think that's what he was making. I thought that he was... They, they really linger saw. on him looking at the hand. He looks so, at no, the hand he cut off, I, and then he I looks at hand. his hand. <laughs> so, like, he's, he's looking at his hand. What I saw it as was he sees that, you know, Vader... He cut off Vader's hand. You know, Vader cut off his hand. They're even. You know, that's it. That's all it is. They're even. Okay. So he, he doesn't he doesn't want to go and fight anymore because he's he's been trying to resist the dark side the entire time and that that finally gets it of like he has and he, it like draws him back in. So I have no idea what the connection was, but it somehow got it. Okay. And then so you get it, the iconic line. He cuts off his hand, yeah. I'm a Jedi like my father before me and just chucks the lightsaber. He's like, "Nah, I'm not using this anymore." You know? What else could what else could we do? You know, this guy mm-hmm. behind me has another light. Like, could straight up kill me if I if 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 need be. He can force choke people, but I ain't, I ain't using this lightsaber anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then he gets the shocky hands. Yes, from from the emperor, which is the first time we see the electrical hands. <laughs> yes, I I which like is, force lightning. I think it's cool. Force lightning is is dope, and he's going, and he calls out. Anakin, he's like, Father, do something, which is like the most dramatic way to call for help. Like, Father, don't like it. You could, you could be just be like, Help, but nah, he 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 goes into this long Father. You know, so, just just in case you, just in case you forgot they were related. Yes. That so that's <laughs> one of the things that bothers me the most in this movie is how they constantly refer to each other as Father and Son. Throughout the whole thing, they, they they refer to father as father and son, and then at the end, if if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, uh, Darth Vader saves Luke by throwing the Emperor to down a pit, which we assume he died, but apparently not. And it's like, I mean, they, yeah. I don't. Darth Vader has no reason to care about Luke. Luke has no reason to care about Darth Vader. The fact that they're father and son shouldn't really mean much of anything to them because they never had any interaction with each other and they're so different. Like, Luke is obviously good and, like, Vader would care because he wants to make him bad. And I guess, you know, Luke wants to make Vader good. But they're not going to care. I don't see why they care about the fact that they're father and son. Like, that side of the relationship shouldn't matter to them. So, you know, are you talking about why they call each other father and son or why Vader saves Luke? I, specifically, why they call each other father and son. That oh, doesn't matter. I have, but also, I, no I don't get also why they like, call each other Vader that, saving but... Luke. I, it's kind of it's the his the end of his arc, and he's like the redemption of his arc. For me, it doesn't make a lot of sense why Vader would do that as a character. But I think I mean, like they kind of I could you know, it's I could grab some prequel stuff and try to try to assemble a theory, something about. It being one of the well, last. No, no, but here, look, we're looking at it as just the three movies that we have. Oh, just the if three we're looking at it as just this trilogy. Absolutely, it, it doesn't make sense why he would turn good here at the end. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, it, you're right. It's a little forced, but it it's the redeeming arc of him, which is kind of a theme for George Lucas that he likes to end on a more positive note, and so this redemption arc kind of gives hope at the end, which is a big thing that Lucas likes to do is he doesn't like to end things on a bad note. He doesn't like to end on a sour note, you know? Bro, have you seen Riven to the Sith? <laughs> yeah, but that's because it's leading... It's <laughs> it's going to end on a sour note no matter what. That oh, one. But like, oh, yeah. But, like, listen, like... 
uh, Phantom Menace, which we're going to talk about next week, it was this close to ending on a really epic note that was oh, slightly was. sour, kind of sad, we're mournful and down. He can't do that. He ends with a dance number. You know, like it's a that. Parade, it's that but... kind of thing. Like he he likes to end. You know, it's whatever. But I think like the big that, thing for me with this ending and like the redemption of Vader and everything like that is that. Luke fighting the dark side shows his just innate goodness. And then through like this entire final sequence, it's pretty clear that the emperor would have absolutely no problem with Luke killing Vader. Cause that gets him closer to his ultimate goal of Luke turning to the dark side. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think the emperor would have any problem with that at all. And then it shows that, and then Luke not wanting to fight Vader shows that in this room of these three people, Luke is the only one that actually cares about Vader. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's kind of a stretch to see how, like, the flip, like, the switch would flip in his head, like, that quickly to, like, turn like that. But that's kind of my reasoning to it, and that's how I like to think of it. Yeah. That's a good thought. Yeah. But then then they uh, burn Vader's body. Which, down on indoor. Hold up. How does how does Luke know what that is? Like that's 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 a that's the Jedi burial, right there. Them getting set on fire. He I'm Force Ghost Obi Wan told him. I don't know. That's what I was about Force, to say. I Force was like Obi Wan or Yoda was like, all right, this is what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. So take. This some, is the first time. They burn. I want to say this. This is like one of the first times where we see. A Jedi because he's technically a Jedi at the end. It's like that, in in this in the sequels how it's 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 the Ben Kylo how he becomes a Jedi, like he goes back to being good so he's a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is like the first time we don't see them just disappear. Because Obi Wan disappears, Yoda disappears. That's it. Yeah. And then you, yeah. you got so yeah up until this you just assume oh they just disappear. And then yes. this is where it's kind of established. No, they don't disappear. They only disappear if they choose to give themselves up to the force like that. You know? Yeah. Yes. Which then makes uh, the last Jedi when when Luke gives himself up to the force makes it that much more powerful. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. So that happens. We see uh, Hayden Christensen. He makes a little cameo there that they added we in. Do, uh, uh, we do. Which get, is stupid. We get. <laughs> it don't make no sense. <laughs> it really doesn't because. Luke wouldn't know who Hayden Christensen is. Yeah, Luke would just be or, like, or hello, is. old Obi-Wan and old Yoda. <laughs> who and is just this be like, man? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> and then we get the scenes with all the fireworks. We suffree now. Yeah. So had, had that, in there. one of the biggest changes, we were talking about big changes this movie. That right there is the biggest change. The entire end of the movie is different. It was yeah. once completely different. They, now the version you get is it shows all these cities from the prequels and stuff with fireworks shows and celebrating that they're they're free from the Empire. Which is like, okay, I guess tying it in the prequels, I don't need that. But if you're going to yeah. add it, whatever. I don't see the point in adding that, but Yeah, did. like Lucas like always added all these changes and stuff like that. And like the argument for most of it was like to create continuity with the prequels. And it's like, why... In- instead of going back and changing the originals, why not just make the prequels <laughs> yeah. line up yeah. better? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you are upset. Are you, you like, you don't need 
the fact that the other cities are. I'm upset that the Wub Nub song is gone. Or the Yub Nub <laughs> song. Dude, the Ewoks jamming out on some Stormtrooper helmets, just do 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 hitting that Yub Nub. It's, it's, it's such a vibe. It's a fire song. You know, it's on Spotify if you want. And to now we don't have it. it. Which is and now sad. we don't have it in the movie, which is very upsetting. Uh, Fire song needs to be every score, just the Wub Nub song. Don't even <laughs> care. <laughs> but that's how it ends. It, it ends on us seeing poorly rendered CGI cities across the galaxy that have now instantaneously realized that they are free. The, the news of the, the new Death Star exploding has spread everywhere. And they all know that they're free. Even though that doesn't really make sense. Like, okay, the Emperor's dead and Darth Vader's dead. But, like, all of the other stuff around the galaxy is still in place. I don't think you're really as free as you think you are. But, okay, sure, we'll... I mean, there's a lot, like, a lot of the Empire and the Mm -hmm. higher ranks just got destroyed. Because you had the superstars... Oh, they murdered so many people. They they murdered so many people. The Super Star Destroyer completely gone because that like <laughs> that gets kamikazed into the yeah into Rebel the, Alliance the body count is high in this movie. They they have killed so many people. In the and the and the Empire's just still standing on like one to two because they don't hit anything. You know, classic think, Star Wars. I think in all of the the Battle of Endor, we see like one Ewok die. Yeah, and that's an Ewok. They're it's just they're, they're volunteer Ewok. soldiers. They're, Yo, it's they're just like, the Ewoks they're not are even OP. a part of this thing. They don't know what's happening. They're just they're just helping. Yeah. The Ewoks are just too good, overpowered. They really are. <laughs> they're OP, bro. Really? No, 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 no. <laughs> so the scene, the scene where the, one of them dies, there was one of them two inches in front of them that just tanked the shot. It was like, yeah, I'm good. Here we go. So that that's the difference. That's the difference of killing some killing an Ewok. <laughs> And an Ewok, and an Ewok living, they're little ballers. Is a direct hit versus a direct hit versus just, just a little bit off. <laughs> uh, but so so that ends the original trilogy. That we've we've gone through the first three movies, pretty good. Um, I'm curious as we wrap this up, has the placement of these movies shifted at all for you on your list, just based on these three movies? Have they moved around in relation to each other, or have they moved up or down on your tier list? Or are they still where you th- where you thought they were before we came in? So, I mean, I put episode five at S tier and four and six at A tier. I would say that four and six right now would be moved up to the top of A tier, um, which I think they were already there, so... Like, yeah, I guess it changed a little bit. So, but you wouldn't move them up to S tier. I would move. I'd probably move six up to S tier. Interesting. Yeah. And and and, and move it above a New Hope. I would. Yes. Okay. Interesting. What about you, Joe? So all of mine are in S tier already. All three of the mm-hmm. originals. Um. I really, really liked Return. I forgot how much I liked that movie and how much I enjoyed Endor, Endor and Tatooine and like just those like big set pieces and the big battles that happened on those planets. Mm-hmm. And 
at this point it's like it's it's poking empire strikes back it's it's like right there for me almost Ooh. so it's definitely above <clears throat> above a new hope but it, it's almost there it's almost there but not that big mm-hmm. of a change yeah so so mine i had return of the jedi surprisingly low if you guys remember i had it in a tier but i actually had it below force awakens um if i remember correctly i don't have mine pulled up but i'm i as i'm thinking about right now i definitely didn't have it above force awakens i only had in s tier i had a new hope and i had um empire but i had empire above a new hope after watching these three and having them recent i think i'm i'm return is moving up two spots it it's above a new hope and it's above force awakens right now because i haven't seen force awakens i can't i can't weigh force awakens yet until we get there just based off of these three so it moves up into s tier for me my question then is i don't know if i can bump a new hope down to a tier or not as a movie I, i think if i'm just looking at the movie i would put it down a tier into a tier because okay. it's not as good as the other two and i think just it's fair. objective that's just objective if i want to weigh in the cultural significance and the impact of this movie and just how important it is i would bump it up but if i'm just looking purely as a movie i i'm knocking it out of s tier and i'm putting empire and return of the jedi in s tier and I'm yeah knocking i could a new hope down to a tier which I is can. a big change that I did not expect coming into yeah, this. Yeah, when you're talking so about, we, like, we got the same putting thing. aside, like, the cultural and all that stuff and, like, the impact it had and everything like that, I could also see myself moving it down to A. I could I could be on it, the same page with that. After watching these three movies, the writing in A New Hope stands out as vastly worse than the other two. The acting is not as good as the other two. Um, the Just in general, it's a lot jankier than the other two but that's just because it was the first one and because he didn't have it all figured out and i would also argue it's because george lucas directed that one um yeah he didn't direct empire or return of the jedi um and i'll talk about that next week i'll talk about george lucas as a director and why i don't like him as a director but that's besides the point. So but I, yeah, I would actually for, move it down, which is surprising yeah. to me because I wasn't expecting that coming. But out it's though. still in no way saying that a new hope's bad. It's just saying oh, that absolutely not. Just, no, no, no. When it you're just comparing them, hold up it just the shows two. how elite Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi are, and yeah. and how far he came in three years or two yeah, year, yeah three years from seventy seven to one. eighty, and then three mm-hmm. more years. Like it's just it's insane how much he was able to grow and learn over that time. Um, And I think part of that learning was learning to outsource parts of Star Wars a little bit and allow him to sit behind the scenes and kind of be the creative lead of it, which is what he did really well. And then he let the directing go to these other directors and he just got to do his part, which was the storytelling. And these other guys came in and helped write and direct and like really bring his vision to life, which is really good. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's a good way to end. Um, yeah. This episode, uh, we've successfully gone through the original trilogy. Um, be sure to tune in next week as we start the prequels. I'm not excited to do the oh, prequels. Yes. Um, I'm excited for one. I I don't love these, and I've made that very well known in the past. People that know me know that I don't like the prequels, but that's fine. You know, I everyone think likes different for things. Good episodes, though. Yes, I think it, might, it will it be because I think we're gonna have good conversation. Bit... Yeah, it might get a little bit ranty at times, but 
Yeah. Yeah. But probably. it's all right. You know, but I'm I'm hoping to come into these and to enjoy them more than I did last time I watched them. But be sure to join us next week when we talk about Phantom Menace. And from there, we're going through the rest of the prequels. Then we hit the sequels. Then we hit the anthologies. So we still have a lot of Star Wars to go. We really do. But thank you for listening and tuning in during this uh, kind of quarantine edition of um, the Act 4 podcast. Nothing really changes for you guys. It changes a lot for us. But we uh, hope that you're staying safe, doing well during quarantine. If you haven't already, please follow us on social media. Follow us on Spotify or subscribe to us on um, Apple Podcasts. Uh, We appreciate it. Um, And that's a wrap. Mm